Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 32 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I speak with Byron Stroud, the former bassist of Fear Factory, Three Inches of Blood, and of course, Strapping Young Lad. He recently joined forces with Ryan Van Puderian and Brian Waddle of the Devon Townsend Project, as well as John Howard of Threat Signal and former fellow SYL alumni and past guest of this show, Jed Simon, in a new project called Immonolith. He and I discuss the new band as well as his diverse musical past. Also in this episode, Tim Charles of Neabla Viscaris discusses his first band, and I recommend the band, Rumors of Free Lunch. In the last episode, I discussed seeing Between the Buried and Me for the first time in OzFest 2006. I said I basically missed their set because I was getting water and trying not to die in the Sacramento summer. On that same day, I saw Strapping Lad play for the first and only time. I knew SYL before I saw them. My friend Thomas had their self-titled album and talked about it all the time. He showed it to me, but I didn't really get it at the time, I guess. At that OzFest, unlike BT Bam, I, I watched Strapping Lad play with undivided attention. I, I couldn't look away. They were devastatingly heavy, but just as melodic. I felt every jab of the low end of the band, whether it be from the nonstop footwork of Gene Hoagland or the bass playing of Byron Stroud. I had never witnessed a band like them before. They were the heaviest thing ever, yet they refused to be taken seriously. And after their set, I got in line for their meet and greet thing because I had to tell them how intense their set was for me on every level. The entire experience meeting them was actually kind of a blur, but all I remember forcing myself to say in my nervous state was that was amazing to Gene Hoagland and Devin. Since then, and with this interview actually, I have now spoken to every member of Strap Young Lad. And 17-year-old me wouldn't believe it if I told him that. I think it's fucking cool. And this, this chat right here with Byron Stroud is actually a really big deal for me. So before we dive into my interview with him, here's some of his work with Strap Young Lad from their album Alien, This Is Love. Daniel. Hey, Byron. How you doing? How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm not doing bad. Uh, you're on the road right now. I am. Yeah, I just pulled over and uh, at a rest stop here. Oh, nice. How? What's a Canadian rest yeah. stop like? I know the ones in California very well. Yeah, they're uh, not as nice as the ones in California. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they're, they're a lot. They're a lot smaller and, and not as many amenities and stuff. But it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll go. All right. I want to hold you up too long, but, um, you know, good luck with this rest stop. 
Um, <laughs> Thanks. I've done my business. I'm all, I'm all good. <laughs> Fantastic. Didn't want to interrupt that. That's what I was most worried about. So <laughs> at the time of this interview, there aren't too many samples of your new band out there, but uh, I think the band name and everything was announced in this last week. Uh, a monolith. Can uh, you describe what a monolith sounds like and I guess how it came to be? Well, I mean, as far as how it came to be, you know, I've been jamming with uh, Brian B. Waddell for years now, just on side projects. He's got like Even Light is a Rock thing. And uh, and then Ryan got involved. And we jammed a few times last year between them touring with Devin and stuff. And then when Devin decided to put everything on hiatus, um, those guys wanted to get serious with it. And we started listening to some other demos that they'd done besides the rock Even Light stuff. And it was uh, really cool, man. They had a lot of really heavy songs. So right away, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And then uh, it just sort of evolved from there. You know, we were looking for a singer. You guys came across our, our radar, and we checked him out. But, you know, when, he, when we uh, talked about John, we sent him the songs, and within a day, he had, like, demo vocals back to us, and we were, like, completely blown away. And he takes, you know, he takes production, uh, you know, ideas really easily and makes them his own. And it's uh, it just felt like a no a no-brainer to go with him and then of course then jed you know we couldn't think of any other more perfect uh guitar player to have in the band besides jed so we just kind of it came together really easy over a few months nice and yeah and as far as what it sounds like it's just it's like man like we're going to the studio in a couple of days and it's 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 heavy you know there's it's definitely got dynamics to it um there's parts that remind me of every band that i've been in you know, so, and that's, that's what's really cool about it for me is that it's like, it's exactly what, you know, right up my alley, exactly what I like to do. Very cool. Very cool. And, um, yeah. at the time, I'm sorry, uh, how do I word this? Um, is this more of a band or is this a project or is it kind of too early to tell right now? Um, it's a band, you know, we, we, all of us really want to take it as far as we can, you know, it's like, but just not unlike Zimmer's Hole, which, you know, I, I want to talk about and I, you know, where, where our heart is at, um, it's, you know, as far as we can take these bands, we're going to do it. Um, there's been things in the past that have slowed us down with all our projects and bands that we do. But now it's like things are kind of leveling out and everybody's getting back into the swing of things. So the Monolith is def definitely a band that everybody's taking priority with. But, you know, just like Zimmer's Hole is as well, you know. Yeah. Are you guys thinking of taking this on the road? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very yeah. cool. I will look forward to that. Yeah. And I've I've noticed there's been a bit of fan involvement in like picking logos and stuff. Are you guys worried about trolls potentially getting involved with this part of it and <laughs> getting weird? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's already getting weird. Oh. Um, but you know, that just makes you think, oh, people are taking notice of us. You know, so it's not a big deal. How's you know, it's like uh, that that happens all the time, so we're, we're we're okay with it. How's it getting weird? Well, just people, you know, trolling us just because we, we kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and you know, built a little following without even releasing any music. Yet, you know, so it's like you know, we're just going on our path, our past accomplishments and whatnot. But um, yeah, just just comments people are making, right, and stuff like that. So it's whatever you know, that that should happen all the time. So you said you've been jamming on this for a while. How much is written as you guys head to the studios? Do you have a full album? Are we doing an EP? Um, we have we have a eight to ten songs right now nice um but we're hitting we're hitting the studio just to record three of them just so we can you know shop them around and let people check out the music that we're doing you know and then we'll take it from there but um, our goal is to be in the studio recording a record sometime in the next uh, few months very cool 
Uh, I had yeah. I had Jed on the show I think last year or so, and I was kind of interrupting his studio time. Little did I know, and he kind of started just fucking around with some riffs that were going to be on the uh, next Zimmer's Hole record. How's Zimmer's Hole coming along? Uh, it's it's great, man. It's awesome. Um, we're going to know in the next couple of days when our uh, our first record, Down by Fire, is being re-released on vinyl. It actually went to the printers uh, a couple of days ago, so we're just waiting here from the label on what the street date is going to be for that. And, the, you know, the plan is to release um, all the three past records on vinyl and box sets and stuff, and then, uh, and then you know, do a new record. So, um, you know, we've been writing as much as we can when we can all get together. Jed flies out to Vancouver. We're actually going to get into the, uh, some writing and some hanging out while we're doing a monolith this week as well for Zimmer's Hole. So, yeah, it's, it's coming along quite well, and I'm, I'm expecting to have a record uh, at least recorded and finished by, you know, by fall probably, towards Good. the end of the year, and then uh, we'll see what happens with that as well. You have a lot going on in uh, Vancouver. How long are you there for? Um, I, I come down for, you know, a week or two at a time. Sometimes I have a business here as well. I live like, uh, you know, four hours away from Vancouver in the Okanagan. And, um, yeah, so I just come down and I run my studio rehearsal space that I have there and, uh, do all the business I need to do. And then jam with the bands I've jammed with. And, uh, lately it's been picking up a lot, but, uh, I don't mind the travel. It gives me, it gives me a little break. Uh, you're the last Zimmer's Hole record had Brendan Small as Nathan Explosion. Does this uh, want to have any guests in mind, or are you guys kind of not doing guessing anymore? <laughs> no, we do have guests in mind. Um, we're just, you know, we're not sure who it's going to be. Um, we have a few ideas, but we got to, you know, check people's schedules and see who who else is actually into it as well. So, um, but yeah, we'll definitely have somebody on there. We always do. What are some of the uh, topics on this new Zimmer's Hole album? Because the last one had vowels. <laughs> um, they they always range, man. If you saw our title board of our working titles and stuff, you you probably have a good giggle about it. Um, no spoilers. I mean, dude. Yeah, I can't even I can't even go into it as much as I'd like to because I don't have them in front of me. But uh, but yeah, everything's working titles so far. But they're always know about certain funny situations and i find that a lot of the records about val are singing the heathen <laughs> you know it's his 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 life his life is a is a, is a comedy so it's uh you know it's easy to pull from inspiration from what he's up to was some of the Fear Factory cover of the U2 song I Will Follow. Byron briefly toured and stuff with Fear Factory following Strapping Lad. I'll have more with Byron momentarily, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Tim Charles of Nabla Viscaris discusses his heavy origins. Oh, okay, so um, uh, I've only played in one band <clears throat> aside from Nabla Viscaris. That was in my senior year of high school 
and the band was called Catharsis. And we never really did too much. We you know we, we we did kind of a battle of the bands thing at school, and you know we rehearsed a little bit for a few months. And I was the singer, and it was kind of like a bad ripoff of Corn, probably. That would be how I would describe it. <laughs> what, what's your scatting like? Can you scat like Jonathan Davis? No, definitely not. Like uh-huh. I, I, I can, uh, you know, I, I, I fancy myself as a, a really bad white boy rapper. You know, uh, math along to to bands uh, or you know rap groups like uh, Jurassic Five or The Far Side or stuff like that or Tribe Called Quest. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, a few um, you know conscious hip hop groups like that. But um, yeah, no, uh, not not really that good at any of that sort of stuff. And you know, I actually screamed a tiny bit in that band, but I can't really do it because I just I just lose my voice. I don't have the technique for it. And so, and when you have someone in this band like Zen, who is just amazing at what he does, it makes it easy for me to focus on what I'm good at. He focuses on what he's good at, and you know, it all works together and blends perfectly. Before we conclude my interview with Byron Stroud, here is more of his work with Strap Young Lad. This is the song I remember for that Ozfest more than any other song. This is You Suck. So to uh, kind of change gears uh, a little bit, after strapping, you played with Fear Factory with with Gene, and then Three Inches of Blood. Um, so between Three Inches of Blood and now, you said you've got a studio and now a monolith. What else have you been up to, really? Um, well, my wife got pregnant with our daughter, um, basically right when I joined Three Inches of Blood. As far as when I joined them as a touring musician, because before them for a couple of years, um, so. You know, the whole year, for nine months until the baby was born, you know, I was on the road constantly. And then, uh, you know, after she was born, um, I did a couple more tours, and I just realized I didn't, you know, I wanted to be home. And, you know, and, and all of us have done that. You know, Devin did that when his son was born. Jed did it when his son was born. So I just felt like the right thing to do. So, um, you know, I left Three Inches and uh, moved my family to the Okanagan, um, which is like, you know, like I said before, just north of Vancouver. And, uh, you know, try to put a life together for a few years there so I could come back to, you know, so they could be comfortable when I did come back to touring and more music. 
so basically I just worked on my other businesses while I did that and uh you know bought bought the family a farm and uh you know a little Stroud compound where grandparents can live there and everybody can live there and help us uh raise our daughter and and now she's five and a half and I'm you know we feel it's time that I can uh, get back out there and start doing things has your daughter heard any of your past music Oh yeah, she she laughs at it. You know, I mean, she's only five, but she you know she stands there and bangs her head, and, and uh, you know makes funny comments about about uh, daddy going back to his uh, his old job. <laughs> <laughs> like I've always, but you know, and, and during that time too, I was doing City of Fire as well. Like I still jammed with people. We you know I did the Odd Zimmer's whole show. We still did things, and I you know I did the the last shows of Three Inches of Blood. I you know guest musician on that and did a few things. So I'm still I'm I was still doing things like. But definitely, it was more way more part time, right? Right. Uh, what's what's the status of City of Fire right now? Um, right now, nothing. We we got a new singer because obviously things didn't work out with Bert. We did a record um, with a new singer, and uh, you know, and basically everybody was just so busy with other things that we just kind of uh, just kind of fell to the side. You know, we got a, we got a third record sitting there, but you know, we had a lot of legal issues on our second record, so. Uh, it, it didn't quite go the way we had hoped, right? So we tried to salvage it a bit, and it ended up just being more of a fun thing to do on the side, you know. As an artist, how how tough is it to walk away from a record that's just done, or since you've recorded, is it sort of out of your system? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always you know I've always played the support role in a lot of things. I mean, Zimmer's Hole is a little different, but with everything else I've done, it's always quite easy to just like be done with the recording and move on and get into the part that I really enjoyed, which was playing live and touring and stuff and, and management and whatnot. But, uh, you know, for some guys like Devin, it, it's really hard for, for him to wrap things up. And, uh, same with, uh, my writing partner with city of fire, Terry show Murray. He was definitely a guy who had a hard time letting go of it. But for me, it's, it's quite easy just to get on with it and start, start doing this part that I love. Uh, Jed also mentioned when I talked to him that some version of Tenet is in the works. Are you involved in that, or is that what is in Monolith now? Um, no, he, I mean he's still he's still talking about it. Um, I'm not sure what his plans are for for a bass player, but I, you know I definitely knows that I'll be there if he needs it, right? Cool. You know, but we haven't actually talked about. It. I know he is writing and he is working on stuff at his home studio, but uh, that's as far as as, uh, as much as I know about it. Uh, can I ask you some strapping things? Just nothing too crazy. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. It's been about 12 years since everyone went their own directions. How do you feel looking back on the band now with just so much life has changed? And I don't know, you know, being with Jed again in a new context with like Devin's guys, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I have, there's a lot. I mean, I could go into a lot of stuff about looking back on strapping and our career and stuff. And, uh, you know, but first, Firstly, I, I mean, I miss it. You know, it was definitely one of the things that I really enjoyed to do. As much turmoil and, and uh, craziness that was wrapped up in it, we definitely, I definitely had a lot of fun doing it. And, um, and it, you know, we, we definitely were a killer band. And I don't think I've ever touched on that since, since strapping been done. You know, it's like that was just an amazing group of guys together. Um, but, you know, definitely life has changed since then. And I think that, uh, that, you know, if we were still a band together today, it would, it would be different. You know, we definitely, you know, have all grown, you know, with the times that I have seen Devin and the times that we have hung out, um, you know, has been great. You know, we're just like old friends, you know, and uh, I say, you know, obviously Gene, I still seen Gene a lot and Jed, but, you know, this new band with Devin's guys, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. You know, these guys are professional guys and I haven't played with pro guys like this in a long time. 
So it's, it definitely feels good. And, you know, and Jed and I, I mean, Jed's, our families do camping groups together and stuff. So I've, I've seen him the whole time, right? Like Jed and I have always been friends, even long before strapping. So, so uh, it feels good to be in a serious band with him again, for sure. That's cool. Uh, I was able to see you guys once, and I even kind of put an asterisk on it because I saw you at OzFest, where it was 20-minute sets at, like, 4 in the afternoon in a parking lot in Sacramento, and everybody was dying. Do you right. <laughs> do you wish, like, your North American send-off was bigger, grander for that band? Or did you even know at the time it was the send-off? No, we, we I mean, we had an idea that it might be because the way Devin was acting and stuff, and, you know, and then it turned into a year off and then next thing you know it was done right so um yeah definitely i wish there was more closure for for myself and for everybody else for, for sure you know like jed got to go do the retinal circus and he said that was exactly what he needed for the closure of the band right play play some of those songs with Devin again um you know i wish i had an opportunity to do that myself but you know, it is what it is, and uh, and um, yeah, I guess of course I would have liked to have been like, hey, this is the last of the band. Let's do a, a farewell tour or whatever. That would have been awesome. But yeah, we never got a chance to do that. Um, the name of my show is after a Strapping Lad song, an oldie but a goodie, Far Beyond Metal. What can you tell right me? What can you tell me about the song Far Beyond Metal? Um, I just remember Devin, you know, jamming the riff, man, and then. Uh, and showing us a song and we were like this is killer and told us the title and we we're like yeah man I, we dig it and uh you know it was always something we played like, it wasn't some, since i joined strapping you know on the second on the city record you know that song's always been around <laughs> you know and then devin you know, took the lyric from the guar song and then that's pretty much i just remember always playing it as an encore and and uh it was you know a really fun song to play um, how do I get this? Um, so, not an SYL question per se, but um, a question about some older material. You were on the Punky Brewster album, correct? I was as uh, some voiceover stuff. Yeah, why the name Stooley B Flames? Is that the? <laughs> it was just um, throwing names around. Cause I had an old band called Keychain Toker who had a bunch of uh, of. Um, of you know the guys in the band all had nicknames for each other and uh you know it was fucking you know a ring of fire shitting fire and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of where it came from <laughs> i had a feeling I and, uh, joke. yeah yeah right so uh but you know we were kids when these came up with these names but that's where like velvet kevorkian and the strapping song was actually the bass player of that band that was his nickname was velvet kevorkian and uh and um Devin borrowed that you know? i didn't know that that's really cool yeah, uh, uh, with Jed and uh, Ryan and I, I basically have only been lightly introduced to him as Beeve, so I'm, right. I'm tempted to call him that. And uh, John yeah, that's involved. fine. I call him that still. <laughs> Can you see a monolith doing strapping songs, or is that too weird? No, I don't think we will, man. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you know we kind of feel the same way that Devin does about it. You know what I mean? I mean, if Devin came up and said, "Hey, let's do this," let's let me sing a, a strapping song with you or a DTP song with you. Of course, we'd probably do it in a second, you know, but it's, but it's just, it's just kind of weird. I got you. You know, yeah, it's just, you know, like, like Devin doing strapping songs. He did it a few times. And, 
And he was he was kind of, you know, he didn't really want to do it. And even the guys in his band Twitter felt weird about it. And I was like, hey, man, they're your songs. You know, you you wrote these songs. Like, feel free to do them, but it just doesn't feel right with without all of us there. You know? And And Devin's the first one to admit that, too. All right, uh, I'm, I'm like I'm a, right. I'm a huge fan of yours, and seeing you out in the metalverse again is like I'm super stoked for it. I'm really looking forward to Monolith, and uh, you know, thank you for talking to me, and I hope the rest of your trip is safe and recording goes well. All right, thank you, Daniel. My my uh, my pleasure. Of course. Uh, later, man. Later, man. Monolith is currently in the studio recording their debut. For more on the band, head to facebook.com slash imonolithband or imonolithband.com. That is I-M-O-N-O-L-I-T-H band.com. To close this episode, I am recommending you all check out the band Rumors of Free Lunch. They are a hardcore metal duo out of New Jersey, and last year they released the EP Five Minutes You Will Never Get Back. From that EP, this is We Need a Hero in its entirety. Head to rumorsoffreelunch.bandcamp.com to hear the five minutes you'll never get back EP. And the band is also on Facebook and Spotify. Now, if you'd like to speak with me, you can head to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. I am on Twitter at ovacord, O-V-A-C-O-R-D. Or if you want to email me, if you are in a band or you just want to talk to me, show me something cool, you can do so at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. As always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening.
a catbox production.